I thought of this scripture um, in Ephesians, the third chapter, where Paul is praying for the church and he says, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of my Lord Jesus Christ. And then it goes on to say, Of whom the whole family, both in heaven and earth, is named. And so there is this great cloud of witnesses that is in glory right now. There is this great cloud of witnesses that are in heaven even now. And what are they doing? Well, praise God, they're celebrating the goodness of God. They're worshiping God. But they're also cheering us on in our race. Your family in heaven is cheering you on while you're here on earth. Isn't that beautiful? That's such good news. And I just had this thought in my heart. You know, sometimes we miss our fathers. We wish they were here with us. But did you know, they are not lost. We know exactly where they are. They're in heaven. They're in glory. So we honor our fathers in heaven. Amen? And we thank God that it'll be soon and very soon that we shall all be united together as the family of God in heaven and the family of God on earth. Praise God. And the Bible tells us that soon and very soon we're going to see the King. He is coming soon. He's coming in bright clouds of glory. Is He not? Didn't He say that He was coming again? And the Scripture tells us that we are to comfort one another with these words. Praise God. So, Father, today in the name of Jesus, for the balance of time that we have, we open the word of the Lord today. And we ask you, sir, for utterance. I ask you, Father, for the right thing at the right time to say by your spirit. And, Lord, I thank you for this group of people that are here and those that are watching online. Thank you, Master, for speaking a word in season for their hearts. In the name of Jesus, And everybody said, Amen. Amen. In John chapter 17, let's begin there. And I want you to notice a familiar verse of Scripture, but a very powerful one. In John 17, 23, Jesus said, I in them and thou in me, that they may, may, may be made perfect in one, And that the world may know that you have sent me and has loved them as thou has loved me. Now that's quite a power-packed verse. But what we want to look at is that last phrase. That he loves us as much as he loves Jesus. The Father himself loves you. And loves me. Amen. And since he does, that means that you and I are not afraid. We're not afraid to face life's challenges. And there are many things that we have been challenged with. And there are many things that we shall yet be challenged with. But I want to encourage you this morning to rise up in your heart and challenge the challenger. And one way that we do that is we need to make sure that 
our speaker is hooked up with our believer. For the word of the Lord and the word of faith to be active and powerful in our lives, there is this heart and mouth connection. So out of the abundance of our heart, the mouth will speak. Or we could say it this way, the mouth will leak. So what is on the inside of us is going to come out of our mouths. So it's important then that we remind ourselves of the truth that we're hearing today of just how much our Father loves us and how much He cares for us. He told you and I to cast or to roll all our cares on Him. Why? Because He, the Father, careth for us. Amen. And so I like to quote Mark Hankins concerning these challenges that we may be facing. Do you remember when Goliath challenged David? I mean, he disdained him. He insulted him. But David stood up on the inside and he challenged the challenger. He said what was in his heart. How dare you defy the armies of the living God? In other words, he was saying, my father is alive and you come and challenge me. I'll tell you what, today I'm going to feed your head to the carcasses in the, in the wilderness. Amen. So Mark Hankins said this, never run at a giant with your mouth closed. Never run at a giant with your mouth closed. In Romans chapter 8, and we look at verse uh, 31, he says here, What shall we then say to these things? What shall we say to these challenges that we face? One thing that we can say and we must say, If God be for us, who can be against us? If love loves me and love is for me, what difference does it make what comes against me? And so we are to say the word of faith to these things that challenge us. One being God before you. Look at your neighbor and say, God's for you. Who can be against you? And then you drop down to verse 37. Again, these things. He says this, Nay, in all these things. In all these things that have challenged us. In all these things that have come against us. We are more than conquerors. Now notice, through Him... The reason why you are more than a conqueror is because He loves you. He has placed you in a preferred position above all principalities and powers and might and dominion and every name that's named in this world. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. And so these are some of the things that we should be saying. Paul said... None of these things move me. 
This word conquers in the Greek is hooper nikao. Sort of. <laughs> and the word hooper means over and above. That's right. I've got my Greek friend over there. Over, on the top, and above. Nikao means to conquer. This word describes one who is super victorious. One who has attained not just an ordinary victory, but a supernatural victory. One who is overpowering, achieving in victory. I'm not looking at the conquered today. I'm looking at the more than conquerors. Hallelujah. Did he not conquer death, hell? Come on. He conquered death, hell, and the grave. Now that you are more than a conqueror, praise God, you have victory over the law of sin and death. We have victory over anything that hell throws our way. And ultimately, we have victory over the grave. I mean, if we get raptured, great, we're ready to go. But if we go the way of the grave, you still have victory. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? But thanks be to God that gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And if we're buried and put six fifth foot under or whatever the case may be, folks, there still ain't no grave that's going to hold this body down. Look at 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4, this theme, love loves me, love loves you. In 1 John chapter 4 and verse 16, and we have known and believed the, God, the, the love that God has to us. In other words, we have faith in his love for us. Amen. And it goes on to say that God is love. It doesn't say that he has love. It says that God is love. So we know that. We believe that. And we declare that he loves us. Now no, drop down to verse 18. And I want you to read that verse with me. Ready, read. There is no fear in... How much fear is there in love? There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear has torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Now notice this from the Amplified. It says this. There is no fear in love. Dread does not exist, but perfect love. Now, what that perfect love means is full-grown, developed love. When we get an understanding of how much our Father loves us, then that love will cast out and dispel fear out of our lives. It says it turns fear out of doors and expels every trace of tear. Oh, I like that, don't you? So then we then should have a zero tolerance for fear. 
Fear tolerated is faith contaminated. Fear comes from the outside, but the God kind of faith is on the inside. So what we need to do is let what's on the inside put what's on the outside out of doors and keep it away from us. Let faith arise and all fear will be scattered. When we lift up our voice, faith arises and it is released and it moves fear out of our lives. We can face life fearlessly because we're resting in the Father's love. In Isaiah chapter 41, this is a great verse of scripture. Let's read it together. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. Yes, I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. Now, let me just quote to you what the Amplified says. It says, fear not, there is nothing to fear. For I am with you. Do not look around you in terror and be dismayed, for I am your God. Now, what you and I need to do on a daily basis, on a consistent basis, is send the devil a message. I heard somebody preach years ago, I've got a devil, I got a message for, for, for the devil, and it's under my feet. Amen. Now, notice in Philippians, the first chapter, the 25th verse, he says, And do not for a moment be frightened or intimidated or anything by your opponents and adversaries. For such constancy and fearlessness will be a clear sign. In other words, it's a message, it's a proof, and it's a seal to them of their impending destruction, but a sure token of your deliverance and your salvation. You see that? Send your enemies a message by living a fear-free life. Say with me, for God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power and a love and of a sound mind. So we displace fear by functioning and operating in the power of His Word. God's Word is alive and God's Word is filled with power. This Word is forever settled in heaven. And our responsibility is to take this Word and then establish it in our hearts so that it can be established in the earth on which you and I live. Oh, hallelujah. The power of God in you. The power of God for you. The power of God on you will always displace fear. Woo, glory to God. And the love of God that is shed abroad in our hearts will also displace fear. It will displace it it will turn it outdoors when we function and when we operate in the god kind of life you and i can be what first corinthians says love never fails 
God didn't give you a spirit of fear. God didn't intend for us to walk around with fear in this day and in this hour. He has intended for His church to rise up in glory and to rise up in the very power of God. He expects His church to rise up and be the glorious church, walking in the love of God, walking in the faith of God, walking in the wisdom of God. He is in high expectation of His church right now. He expects much from the church. He didn't give you a spirit of fear but of power and of love. And I'll tell you what else. He's given you a sound mind. Don't let those imaginations, don't let those suggestions bring fear into your life. Take them, hold them up like this and say, Mr. Devil, in the name of Jesus, I'm casting you down. I'm taking authority over you. You and I have a sound mind. Say it with me, I have a sound mind. I have a calm mind. I'm not fearful. I'm not worried. My father loves me. And I rolled all my care on him. What about this and what about that? But what about God? What about the doctor's report? But what about Jehovah Rapha, the great physician? But what about the economy? But what about Jehovah Yireh, Jehovah Jireh, the God who supplies all of your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus? Never factor God out of any equation. We will be challenged. These things are real. In the world, there's going to be trouble. In the world, there's going to be tribulation. But I hear the Father saying, Be a good cheer, sons. Be a good cheer, daughters. For I've already overcome the world for you. (laughs) Now look at Romans chapter 8 and verse 15. Sure felt good to be down there. (laughs) Romans the 8th chapter and the 15th verse. Notice this. For you and I have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. Say with me, I don't have a spirit of bondage. I have a spirit of faith. I have a spirit of liberty. Now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty and there is freedom. We don't have a spirit of bondage around here. We have a spirit of liberty. Liberty. That means you can shout when you want to shout. I don't like preaching the people that are looking at me like I love you but I don't like that so you can be active you can shout when you want to shout you can dance when you want to dance praise the Lord you don't have a spirit of bondage again to fear but you and I have received The spirit of adoption. Now notice this phrase, whereby we cry. What are we crying? Everyone say it. Abba, Father. Father. Woo, hallelujah. Or we could say it this way, Daddy, Daddy. Now I don't want to use slang today. I don't want to say who's your daddy because I know where that comes from. 
I just did, didn't I? <laughs> but who is your father? Who is our father? Let's take a look at it. He's the creator of the universe, which incidentally is expanding right now at the speed of light. Wow. He created that. Hallelujah. Who is our father? He is the upholder of all things. The sun, the moon, the stars, this whole planet. He's upholding all things in the universe, but he's also upholding you. He's also supporting you. He will never leave us without support because he's upholding all things by the word of his power. Who is our father? He's the first and the last. He's the beginning and the end. He always was, always is, and shall always be. Who is our Father? He is light. He is love. He is wisdom. Glory to God. He is life. He is good. He is faithful. His ways are always right. His word is eternal and forever settled in heaven. His will is unchanging and he's got you on his mind. He's got you, dads, moms, kids. He's got your family on his mind. And he does not change. He does not change his mind or his thoughts toward you. His thoughts toward you are wonderful. He's got us on his mind. When Jesus hung on the cross, like Brother Copeland sings... You were on his mind. Who's our father? Well, one thing for sure, he's not moved. He's unchanged. He's undefeated. And he's never undone. Now, as far as the world is concerned, the world can't understand him. Armies cannot defeat him. COVID could not stop him. The new age cannot replace him. Culture cannot cancel him. And talking heads can't explain him away. He's our God. He's our God. He's El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough. He is El Elyon, the Most High God. He is the one that we meet in the secret place. He is the one that dispenses glory and grace. He is God. He is God. He is the one that split the Red Sea. He is the one that caused Jericho's walls to fall. He is the one that raised Jesus from the dead. Woo! Glory to God. Who is our Father? He is the one who will never leave you or forsake you.
He will never mislead you. He will never forget you. And He will never overlook you. When you fail, He will forgive you. When you're weak, He is strong. When you're hurt, He'll make you whole again. When you're broken, He will mend you. That's who our Father is. Would to our good, good Father that the world got just a glimpse of His goodness. He's blamed for things that He has nothing to do with. He's good. He is good. And He will always do good. Glory to God. Glory to God. He is our Father and He delights in mercy. His mercy is everlasting. His mercy endures forever. Raise your hands up and thank Him that He is your Father today. Oh my. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He's everything for everybody, everywhere, every time, and in every way. He is our God. Glory to God. That's who He is. And so much more. And so much more. In Matthew, the 7th chapter, and the 11th verse, it says this, If you then, being evil or natural as a parent, know how to give good gifts unto your children. How many of you dads love to give good gifts to your kids? Amen. How many of you grandparents still like to give good gifts to your kids? I think I got the right crowd here. How many of you grandparents love to give good gifts to your grandchildren? I mean, just to see them light up and to see their faces smile. Oh, it's a precious thing. It's a wonderful thing. Well, now, if we know how to give good gifts to our children, look at the rest of this verse. Read it with me. How much more shall your Father, which is in heaven... <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. We don't want our kids to go through life busted, disgusted, and poor. No. As parents, we sacrifice for our children because we love them. We make big sacrifices. Well, we're the father's kids. We're the father's children. And he sent his son to pay the ultimate sacrifice for you and me. He sacrificed greatly. He said, I so love the world that I gave my only begotten son. That whoever would believe in him should not perish, but would have everlasting life. In the book of Romans, I believe it is, in verse 32, it says this, He that spared not his own son, but gave him up for us all, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? Friends, there's no good thing that your father will withhold from you. All he's asking of us is just to walk before him uprightly. All he's asking 
for us as parents, as Christians, is to walk in our covenant. And part of walking in our covenant is living a holy life before Him. And holiness, incidentally, has nothing to do with your hair or your makeup or your rings or anything like that. Basically, holiness deals with being Christ-like. No, there's not any good thing that He will withhold from those who will walk with Him and walk uprightly before Him, who will walk in integrity. Amen? Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Now, another way that He shows His love for us Aren't you glad he forgives? But folks, not only does he forgive, he also forgets. I'm glad my Heavenly Father doesn't remind me of my past. Now sometimes the devil does, right? But we don't care what he say. We're going to live by what God say. And God say, as far as the east is from the west, so far have I removed your transgressions from you. He is a forgiving God. Just like the prodigal son's father, when the prodigal son came to himself, he'd been wasting his life and wasting his inheritance with riotous living. And one day the prodigal son came to himself. He woke up. We could say it this way, he had an awakening. And did you know that we are right now on the very edge of a great awakening in America? I'm not saying that the awakening is coming. I'm saying that the awakening is here already. Now, this awakening is going to go greater and it's going to accelerate and there's going to be more momentum coming in this, in this time. But I'm believing right now that many prodigals are going to come to themselves. They're going to wake up. They're going to leave their PlayStation and say, what am I doing with all these video games? I could use these hands for something else. I could write a book for the glory of God. They're going to leave the bars. They're going to leave their sin. Praise God. There's going to be an awakening. But not only an awakening in the younger generation, there's going to be an awakening in the body of Christ. I said there's going to be an awakening in the body of Christ. Folks that have been deceived by the spirit of this world, all of a sudden they say, what am I doing? I don't believe in abortion. I can't do that. I can't go that way. What am I doing? And they're going to wake up. They're going to wake up to righteousness. And they're going to stop voting in the camp of the enemy. And they're going to start voting in the camp of the Lord. There is an awakening taking place and this awakening is accelerating. It's getting greater and greater and greater. People are going to come to themselves. I don't believe that. I don't stand for that. I stand on the promises of God. I stand on my blood covenant. I stand on the eternal truths of God's Word. I am not going to be swayed by the popular way that things are going. I'm going to stand for God. I'm going to awake to righteousness. And I'm not going to let sin dominate my life. 
I hope I'm preaching to the right crowd. Because there are some things that are clearly outlined in the Word of God that we must align ourselves with. And all that has to do with the awakening. So this prodigal came to himself. I'm so glad I came to myself. How many of you have some folks that could use some coming to themselves? In the name of Jesus, we prophesy in this awakening, they're coming. And he said, well, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll go back to dad's house and go back to my father's house. And he'll let me, you know, maybe be one of his servants out there in the field. But as he was approaching his home, the father saw him a far way off. And the father got happy in his heart. And he said, hey, boys, kill the fatted calf. Get the robe ready. Get that ring out of my closet. Hey, get those shoes, praise God. My best shoes. And get those shoes on him. And get that robe on him. And let's go eat some beef. Amen. But he said, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. The Father does not want to hear that you are not worthy. It's because of the Father's love that He was worthy. And because of the Father's love that you are worthy. It's because of the Father's love that you've been placed into right standing with God. It's because of the Father's love that you have a place at the table. Hallelujah. It's because of His love that you now have gospel shoes. It's because of His love that He's prepared a table before you in the presence of your enemies. You've got a place at the table. The older brother didn't like it. Religious people aren't going to like it. The world's not going to like it, but I don't care what the older brother of religious spirit says or what the world is saying. We've got a covenant with a covenant-keeping God and what He says is the important thing. Amen. You think about Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth was one of David's kinfolk. David was the king. And he had heard that there was one left in the alignment. I think of Saul it was. Mephibosheth. And Jonathan. Thank you. Jonathan. Thank you. Praise the Lord. And he sought Mephibosheth out. Because David had a place for him at his table. And when they came to get Mephibosheth, they were afraid, thinking that they were going to kill Mephibosheth because we've heard of this David. He's bad. You know, that's what the world thinks about God. Oh, he's bad. And they, tr- and they draw back and are fearful. But he said, no, no, we mean you no harm. We've come to bring Mephibosheth to the table and for him to be restored to his full rights and full privileges. Glory to God. In this awakening, there's restoration. There's some Mephibosheths out there. There's some people that are limping through life. They're limping through life thinking God's not mad at them. There are people that have been broken and beaten down by life circumstances thinking that it was God that put that on them. God doesn't use anything of the devil to put on his children. God is good all the time. Amen. And all the time, God is good. 
But folks, there's some Mephibosheths out there. And the eyes of the Lord are running throughout the whole earth to show Himself strong on their behalf. What do you say? We be men and women who will be restorers of the breach. That we be men and women who will restore paths and streets to dwell in. What do you say in this awakening? We be a part of the answer. We don't be a part of the scolding and putting people down. We be part of the church that is lifting people up to the table of righteousness. Hallelujah! Our Father. Our Father is good. He forgives. He forgets. In Romans chapter 8, 5 and verse 8, let me just quote these to you. It says, But God commendeth His love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Down in verse 17 of Romans chapter 5, it says this, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world. He's not the condemner. He didn't send His Son in the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. But that the world through Him might be delivered. But that the world who is in bondage through Him might be liberated. That the world that is sick through Him might be healed. Hallelujah. And it's because of the Father's love. Amen? He didn't come to make us feel guilty. He didn't come to make us feel ashamed. In Micah chapter 7 and verse 18, if we can pull it up there, this is a great verse. Micah the 7th chapter in the 18th verse says, Who is a God like unto Him that pardons iniquity and passes by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage. He retaineth not his anger forever. Why? He delights in mercy. Hallelujah. He, come on, let's praise him because he's delighted. It gives your father great delight. It gives your father great pleasure to show forth his mercy. Oh, let's say it a couple times. Praise the Lord, for His mercy endureth forever. One more time, real strong. Praise you, the Lord, for His mercy endureth As a matter of fact, they are new How often are His mercies new? When you wake up in the morning, His mercies are new. His mercy endures forever. And His mercies are new every morning. He is, in fact, the Father of mercies. He has forgiving mercy. He has healing mercy. He has restoring mercy. They're new every morning. Hallelujah. They're new every morning. Notice in Isaiah 43 and verse 25. Isaiah the 43rd chapter and the 25th verse. Glory to God. 
I hope your faith is getting stirred up. I hope you're getting stirred up. Faith in the Father's love for me. Glory to God. Why wouldn't God bless you? Because he said he's already has. Why wouldn't God use you? But I failed here and I failed there. He's the God of second, third, fourth, and fifth chances. Why wouldn't God meet your need? Why wouldn't God give you a home? In Isaiah 43 and verse 25, he says this, I, even I, am he that blots out your transgressions for my own sake. Now notice this. And I will not what? I will not remember your sins. He forgives, he forgets, and he restores. He loves you. And he removes all guilt and all shame and all condemnation. One of the greatest songs that I've ever heard is Love Lifted Me. Brenda sang it as a little girl because her daddy had a big storage of Lipton tea. And she would sing Love Lipton Tea. Thinking they were singing Love Lipton Tea. But just a couple of verses of this song. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry. From the waters lifted me, now safe am I. And then it goes on to say, love lifted me. Love lifted me. When nothing else would help, love lifted you. And Brenda had that by the Spirit. There's lifting in the love of God today. So as we close this morning, Brenda and I want you to know how much we love you. Our pastoral staff wants you to know how much we care for you and that we are praying for you regularly. And one of the greatest prayers that we can pray for you and pray for each other is found in Ephesians 3. So let me pray it to you and for you and you open up your heart right now. Amen? Verse 16. May He grant each and every one of us out of the rich treasury of His glory to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit Himself indwelling our inmost being and personality. Father, we pray right now that Christ through our faith would actually dwell, settle down, abide and make His permanent home in our hearts. Maybe we've rooted deep in love and found securely on love. That we all may have the power and be strong to apprehend and grasp with all the saints, God's devoted people, the experience of that love. What is the breadth and length and height and depth of it? And Father, I pray, as we do, that each and every one of us would experience the filling of the Spirit of God through our entire being. That we may have the richest measure of your divine presence and become a body wholly filled 
and flooded with God himself. Let's stand up right now. And as we stand, let's lift our hands. As the team comes to bring worship right now, let's stand right now and lift our hands and say, I receive my Father's love for me. I receive a fresh infilling and a fresh revelation of His great love. Thank you, Lord. I'm experiencing, even now, the richest measure of your divine presence. May I be filled and flooded with love himself in the name of Jesus.